You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, uh, your daily TCU podcast. It's Friday, May 28th. And I'm not going to, we'll, we'll touch briefly on baseball in this opening segment. I'm not going to go deep simply because I'm recording this on Friday morning. Uh, TCU plays Friday morning at 9 a.m. By the time I get this up, that game's most likely going to be in progress. And then by the time everybody listens to it, there's a good chance they could be in progress in a, another game later on today. So I'll, I'll run down that scenario in a moment, and I'll just kind of discuss what we might see today. But I sort of previewed the Tech game yesterday, and again, by the time the podcast is up and you guys are listening to it, that game might be over, or there's a good chance it, it could be over at that point. So won't spend a ton of time on that. I did want to pass along some football information. Um, we got some game times, guys, which is exciting. Three games, uh, three game times were announced on Thursday. The season opener against Duquesne is going to be September 4th against ESPN uh, on against. They're playing Duquesne. The game's going to be on ESPN Plus at 7 p.m. on September 4th. September 11th, the Frogs take on Cal. That's going to be a 2.30 kick, and that game can be seen on ESPNU. And then Iowa State will be a Black Friday contest. That'll be the last game of the regular season in Ames, November 26th. That will either be a 3 or 3.30 kick, and it's going to be on Fox or Fox Sports 1. So it'll be on the Fox family of networks. So a night game to start the season in early September, which is good because it's obviously going to be super hot. Uh, and then an afternoon game in the middle of September. Whew, weather is going to be uh, pretty balmy there in Fort Worth uh, against Cal. And then finally, that 3-3-30 game against Iowa State in Ames in November. And the weather, I'm sure, will be a factor there. So, I don't know how everybody feels. I know most people love night games. Let me pass along a very unpopular opinion. Uh, and I say this as someone who has been to some pretty miserable games at this time but I don't mind 11 a.m. kicks I actually kind of like them here's why I say this in, in full transparency I will start with this I am not someone who tailgates like that's just not my thing um I'm, I'm never gonna like organize one and get one going and I might join one but that's about as far as you know I'm gonna go so that aspect of it for me is not like a deal breaker. I just want to go to the game and see it and then get home and watch more football. So for me, the 11 a.m. kick is nice because I can go watch the game and then uh, watch more games that evening. However, I realize that in September, it's pretty miserable. And I say that as someone who went to a uh, game my first year as a student at TCU at 11 a.m., they took on Virginia. They won. They didn't play particularly well. That was the Casey Paul Hall uh, arrest season, and then Boykin had to come in and sort of fill in for him, and the offense was pretty terrible all year long. Anyway, I remember two things. I remember Brandon Carter made a great one-handed catch that I believe ended up going for a touchdown. And defense played well, and it was miserably hot. Like, just insanely hot 
sweating, dehydrated, that type of weather. And 2.30 kick against Cal on September 11th, that's not going to be fun. I guess the good news is those Cowboys are probably not used to that, and hopefully it's an advantage for TCU in that contest. But I understand all that, and a 7 o'clock kick for the Duquesne game is probably best. I'm just, again, unpopular opinion. I kind of like 11 a.m. games because it allows me to watch the game and then ingest more football the rest of the day. But I know I'm in the minority in that camp. So, yeah, Duquesne at 7 o'clock on September 4th. Cal, 2.30 kick on September 11th. Uh, and then Iowa State, that game's on the road in Ames. It's going to be on Black Friday, November 26th at 3 or 3.30 on either Fox or Fox Sports 1. And I don't know how you guys feel about football games being on ESPN+, Plus, but I will say, not like an advertisement for them. Um, I guess it sort of sounds like it, though. I, I've i really enjoyed my investment with ESPN+. Plus. Now, as someone who watches a lot of college baseball, I feel like I'm getting my money's worth. But I think it's just a good service to have. Uh, I know you can get Hulu and ESPN+, Plus and Disney. At least that's what I did for like $12 a month. And it's pretty good value. So, anyway... Borrow somebody's login if you need to for that season opener against Duquesne if you can't make it out to the Carter. Also today, uh, TCU baseball, I said it earlier, so they're playing Texas Tech. That game got underway at 9 a.m., and then if they lose to the Red Raiders, they will have to turn around and play Kansas State at 12.30. So really tough scenario. I will tell you, if TCU loses to Texas Tech this morning, I think there's a good chance they probably bow out against Kansas State, which would not be ideal. But at the same time, um, the alternative is working your arms over for a couple days trying to get through the loser's bracket. And while making the championship game would give TCU um, a nice resume boost as far as a national seed, I think if you, if you can't do it the easier way, then it's going to be really tough to get it done, and it might be better for the team long term if they just kind of had a quick exit. But hopefully they beat Texas Tech, and then if that happens, they'll move on to play tomorrow, and whoever wins the Tech-K-State game would have to beat them twice. So that's the scenario that we are hoping for. Uh, We'll see how that plays out this morning and into this afternoon. Russell Smith on the mound today. Really hope Russ can get right and be sharp and look like the dude that he was earlier in the season. Uh, Those are the big keys for TCU and we'll have a full update on TCU baseball on Monday. I will do a show Monday. It's Memorial day, but I'll have a podcast for you. We'll break down the regional draw and uh, a little bit of everything else. We'll do that on Memorial day this Monday coming up next. I'll let you hear uh, some of my conversation with Josh neighbors about win totals for big 12 teams in 2021. Before we do that though, I want to tell you about what am I telling you about? Let me look at my ad schedule here. I'm telling you about our great sponsor, BetOnline.ag, and that was a super organic way to do it, and it didn't sound forced at all. But BetOnline.ag is great. You're actually going to hear from them in the next segment because uh, we use their over-unders for Big 12 teams to let you know how to make some money. NBA playoffs going on right now. Mavs taking on the Clippers. Hope they can get out to a 3-0 lead. That would be fantastic. That would be a great way to start the weekend. But Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, he has all the lines, everything you need to know. BetOnline.ag, give it a try today. Yeah, I think so. Some of the other ones, too, that are kind of interesting. Baylor is at five and a half. Uh, I don't love Baylor coming into this season, so to be honest, I would go under. Texas Tech is super interesting. 
they're at over under their four wins is is what so in the over for four excuse me not four it's um uh let's see texas tech four and a half so the over is minus 135 i mean i don't think texas tech gonna be good this year but i don't yeah. think they're gonna think they're gonna go four and eight like i don't see that i don't see that happening uh in my opinion i think that'd be difficult to do i mean five and seven sure i, I think it's very much in play but Four and eight, things would really have to go south for Texas Tech for that to happen. I agree with you. I would, I think that's a good good value there, going the over. I mean, Tech's going to string together a few wins in non-conference, and then, I mean, they generally upset somebody in conference play. Um, you got that game against Kansas. It's a must-win season for Matt Wells, so I, I feel like they go over. And, yeah, Baylor's super fascinating to me. I think Dave Aranda's a good coach. Um it obviously didn't go well last season, and I know COVID was a big part of that. I feel like that defense is going to be really good, but I just know so little about Jacob Zeno or Gary Bohannon, whoever's going to start right. their quarterback. So I, I have a lot of questions about them at this point. Yeah, I feel like Tyler Shuck can get you five wins. You play Houston, Stephen F. Austin, FIU, at Texas, at West Virginia, TCU at home, at Kansas, Kansas State. They get, uh, they're on the road against Baylor. I mean, if they can, you know, knock off one of, of Iowa State or Oklahoma, um, you know, I mean, if they, and I, it's very, very possible that they, they're able to go. I mean, if they sweep the non-conference. I know Texas or Houston can be decent, but they, they haven't been that good recently. I mean, if they can yeah. go 3-0 in non-conference and knock right. off KU, all they need to do is get one more win in the <laughs> conference to hit five wins, which is – look, like, they'll, they'll win one of those games. They'll, they'll win a conference game just because of the nature of how they play. You know, the offense, I mean, some team will get caught in a shootout with them and they'll beat them. They always do it. It always happens like that. Yeah, as long as they take care of Houston, I think you're you're sitting really well with that over bet because BKU and then you get one, which as, as you kind of laid out there, they always do. Yeah, which once again, like the, the game last year I would point to as a good uh, kind of example of this is, the, is that West Virginia game, kind of a game we feel like they've got no business winning, but they end up winning. Yeah, they um, somehow. Yeah, and then also they also beat um they should have beat Texas last year, which was I mean that was that game. And they took Oklahoma State to the wire. Well, right. it, it ended up being like a two score game, but it was yeah. close for for the majority of it. And, and on the other on the other hand, I guess they played Houston Baptist very close and, and played Kansas close too. So I guess there's the other side of the coin. Um, and the other teams, Texas is eight, so it's hilarious because. That feels about right, but also if you look at their odds to win the champion, the Big 12 championship, they have the second best odds. So that just shows you how Vegas works, right? It, on the same website, betonline.ag, the odds for Texas to win the conference are the second best, right? But in terms of over-under win total, Iowa State's positioned to actually higher than, than, uh, than Texas is. So kind of reconciling those two things is weird, right? I mean, if, if Vegas thinks they might be an eight-win team, uh, why are you putting the odds that high for the championship? It's because they think dumb Texas fans will bet on it because it's Texas. But it's interesting, right? I, I feel like eight wins is accurate. Like, this is where Vegas is, is right on, I think. Eight wins, considering all the questions they have. They do have some talent left. Um, but, you know, I, I think with Bijan Robinson and whoever plays quarterback should be able to do decent enough for that offense. Eight wins feels very plausible. Kind of right on the money, honestly. Yeah, it sounds dead on to me. I think they'll drop a few games this year that leave you scratching your head because Sark's in his first season. And I think Sark's a good head coach. But there will be some yeah. growing pains there. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, Bajan Robinson, great running back. If it ends up being Casey Thompson, he showed some promise against Colorado. And I, I kind of get where Vegas is going. Texas does always feel like a team that's either going to win eight games or win a conference title, and there's really no in between, no in between with those guys. Yeah, they they got Arkansas and ULL in the first two games. I mean, I don't think they win both. You know, especially they're playing in Fayetteville, and ULL is returning everybody on that team. Uh, you know, they you know they get Texas Tech in Austin. They're on the road against TCU. Obviously, Red River. You know, Oklahoma State's going to be a close game probably. And, you know, they play in Ames. So I think if I were to go one way with this, I would go with the under just because I feel like they're going to win. I mean, at best, I think they're an eight-win team because of how hard their schedule is. So, and I don't think it's – once again, like I'm with you about Sark. I love the hire. But, you know, if you're evaluating this guy when he comes in and, and he's a great offensive mind but he's inheriting the quarterback situation, that's not how you evaluate him. It's not how it works. It's not fair. I know Texas fans will do that, and it's going to be unfair and stupid if they win seven games people get mad. But uh, that's more likely to me. And I, I don't think there's anything Sark can do to necessarily change that. I forgot about the Arkansas game. And two or three years ago, that's an easy dub. But right. you know, Sam Pittman's got that thing turned around. And Chad Morris is coaching at Allen High School right now. So yeah. that is a tough schedule for, uh, for the Horns. And eight does feel like sort of the perfect number for them. Yeah. Also, Oklahoma. So Oklahoma is interesting because they're at 11 and a half. Now – I don't know. I think this is counting – this might be counting bowl games. I forget if it is or not. Um, Oklahoma's at 11, over, over under 11 wins. Oh, excuse me. It's regular season wins. So, okay. 11 to me, you know, I mean, it's, it's – I think they win 11 games. Like, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I think they went right on 11 games. I mean, I would not bet on them to go undefeated. Um, I think they ultimately split with Iowa State and some – I mean, they're – the idea that they're going to have to beat Iowa State twice is daunting. Now, they're not, not going to do the regular season, you know, obviously. But I think 11-1 and one is where I'm going. Just because it, it, you can trip up, and that's okay. I think a 12-1 and one Oklahoma team can still get in the playoff. You know, no problem. Yeah, I'd have to go under there. I, I just can't. I mean, I, other than maybe like Alabama, I can't really bet on anybody being undefeated. Um, right. You're probably going to trip up somewhere, whether it's Iowa State or Red River. I mean, they've lost a few of those games. In the mm -hmm. past five years, um, it's just difficult. And I really like OU. I'm not – I'd love it for the Big 12. I hope that they're as good as everybody says they are because I'm starting to see, like, Oklahoma National Championship gaining steam. But they just look so, – like, in the playoff, they've looked so overmatched at times. Um, I, I can't say in good faith they're going to go undefeated. Oklahoma State is seven and a half, which I find to be – I mean, that one, Missouri State, Tulsa at Boise for your non-conference. And at Boise, obviously, it's going to be a challenge. But Boise's not old Boise at this point in time. They get both Kansas State and Baylor at Boone Pickens before they go on the road to uh, Texas and Iowa State. I mean, I think this team could definitely get eight wins. I, I know they lost a lot last year, but I'm kind of on the over for this. I mean, the teams I feel under about are Baylor, Texas Tech, um, you know, Texas. This is a team in Oklahoma State, I feel like, because there was such high expectations this year, or last year, rather, yeah. the pressure's off a little bit. And right. we see this all the time in sports. It's like the year where you don't expect it, where that, you know, that happens. You know, the Lightning win in a COVID year, they should have won a bunch. Capitals win, you know, after getting beat a thousand times, and it feels like they're done. You know, uh, the Dodgers just finally randomly get over the hump in a, in a COVID year type situation. This stuff 
and watch the nationals Bryce Harper leaves they win a world championship stuff it's 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 funny how it works right and this would be the season to me where it's like all right expectations were high last year things didn't work out and this season's like oh well Oklahoma State should be good they win nine games everybody's like huh wow that's really impressive and I think it's more likely to go that way I think they're the I think they're the third best team in the conference this year, right behind. I don't think it's Texas. I think it's Iowa State, Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma State's that next tier. As much as I don't trust Spencer Sanders, I can't really go the under there. I mean, I just, yeah, I think Oklahoma State with low expectations is a good recipe. And Mike Gundy sort of feels like they're getting tired of him this seems like the time that he would turn it on and win nine games. And then he'll probably interview with, you know, Missouri or somebody and, and make her by Matt again. But um, <laughs> this, this does feel like bounce back year. That defense was really good last year. And I know they lost a lot on offense. That's a ton of production you're returning. Oklahoma State always scores though. I mean, they find ways to, to put up points. I'm not super worried about them um, being able to, to get in the end zone this year. Kansas over under one win. What's their well, nine? Want, they play Coastal, Coastal right? South Dakota, and then they're at Duke. So I mean, it's not like you know, Coastal's really good. Obviously, I don't think South Dakota, a, the team that was just in the that's South Dakota State. Okay, 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 okay. So not the Jackrabbits. All right. It's the yeah the the Coyotes, and uh, I don't know how they did. I mean, you know, I'm not going to pretend to be any expert on Coyote football. Um, Let's see how they did in the year uh, 2020. I don't even know. They, they could have been one of those teams that, you know, didn't even play. But between that and Duke, like, they – I mean, they were, they were one and three. They were one and three in uh, uh, this year in their shortened season. So, I mean, I can't – like, if I go under, they're not winning a game. One seems right. I'll go over. I'll go over. Because, you know what, I think they beat South Dakota. And the Duke game, like, they've won some dumb games like that. They beat BC. They beat Boston College a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, I'll say they get two wins. They don't win a Big 12 game. Or, maybe you know, maybe they surprise somebody. But I don't think they won a Big 12 game. I feel like they I think Lance Leifold's a good coach, too. I, I thought it was a really good hire. And I think here's – why, here's why I'd go with two wins. Because – what Lance Leipold does, and we've seen this a bunch, is you look at the Buffalo teams, like one, he always talks about this, one year they led the league in passing, one year they led the league in rushing. That, what that shows is that you're adapting your, what you do scheme-wise yeah. to your, your personnel. And that's what you have to do at Kansas. Like, I know some places like that, you know, maybe having a system, you know, Bill Snyder at Kansas State is a good example. Uh, the, the, the service academies that run the option, good example. But there are some ways where it's like, you know, almost the basketball approach where you should adapt what you do to who you have. I think that can net, and I know it's not great results, but I think it can net results in terms of two wins next year. Right. And I think that team is, is more likely to show steady improvement under a coach like Lance Leipold than they did under a coach like Les Miles. Right. I mean, I feel like Les Miles, it wasn't the roster quality of player and recruiting was improving, but the results were not. That's my conversation with uh, Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12. Before we go, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on the planet. They have some amazing flavors. Uh, my favorite is peanut butter. It's classic. It's good. They also have um, coconut brownie chunk. 
uh, lemon almond cheesecake, a lot of really unique flavors as well. Go to BuiltBar.com today and explore that, kind of find out, huh, what would I like, what would be uh, something that I would enjoy. And another great thing about Built Bar is it's good for you. Only 180 calories. It's a good snack. It's a good meal replacement. Sometimes I use it for breakfast if I'm in a rush and it fills me up. It's good protein, good fuel for your body. BuiltBar.com. Give it a try today. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs. I appreciate you joining me this morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you're listening. Uh, hopefully on Monday we're talking about a good situation for TCU baseball, and we'll continue football discussion as well into next week. Thanks for listening. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.